Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, for, uh, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And we're, we're looking at these different names for this child to be born this, this son to be given, and, and, who will, and these names will reveal to us things about who God is, right? And, and today's name, it's this third installment, if you will, may strike a deep chord in, in our hearts. I say that not because I have this uh, well-devised sermon to evoke some type of uh, emotional crescendo, but because the theme itself can't help but move us. It, it's this theme of fatherhood. And that we're looking at the name Everlasting Father. Some of us have wonderful memories of, of our childhood and our fathers. Uh, but for others, per perhaps even many, uh, fatherhood can be a painful thought. Maybe your dad wasn't very good to you, and you live with scars from that, the, the hurt, wounds, damage. Others, maybe it wasn't that your dad was really bad or wasn't necessarily great, he just wasn't there. Whether he was physically absent or mentally absent, but emotionally not there. Some of us, maybe our dad isn't a part of our lives right now due to, to death. And you may have struggled over your life growing up with feeling uh, of being abandoned even though you know it wasn't your fault. But nevertheless, speaking to the theme of fatherhood will indeed strike a chord in our heart. Possibly even an unpleasant or painful one. And yet, here's the good news of the gospel Jesus Christ helps us know God as our Father. And not just our Father, but we see in Scripture an everlasting Father. Right? One who will never leave us, nor forsake us. One who is always there for us. One who has us in the palm of His hand forever and ever. In fact, it's this distinct 
privilege, this, this, this distinct mark of a Christian to know God as everlasting Father. And this is at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, is you know God as Father. You don't fumble around in the dark looking for some higher spiritual power or, or chase after some uh, false and, and fickle deity. No, because Jesus, this child to be born, this son is to be given. In 1 Corinthians 8, 6, you confess that there is but one God, the Father from whom all things come and for whom we live. And this first title we looked at in this series was Wonderful Counselor. And this, this name that, that reminded us that savior, of the Savior's incredible wisdom and competency, right? And then the second, last week, we looked at Mighty God. This name of our, our Savior reminding, reminding us of our Savior's power and His ability to fulfill His promises and meet our needs. And this morning, as we look at Everlasting Father, we're going to see the, the compassion and love that our Savior has. Jesus isn't called Everlasting Father because there, there's like some confusion about the nature of God the Father, God the Son. Jesus is called the Everlasting Father because, he, because of his father-like qualities. He is still God the Son, but his love and grace is like that of a father with his children. And so... There's several things that, that stood out to me as I studied through this and, and looked at the attributes of God the Father. And many of them I can apply to myself as a father. But first and foremost, he has given us life. Now, our biological Father and mother give us physical life, but Jesus is our everlasting father in the sense that he is the one who brings us to spiritual life. John 14, 6, Jesus told us that no man comes to the father except through him. We are new creatures, uh, creatures in and because of Christ. And it's because of Jesus that we have the opportunity to know eternal life. And it's because of Jesus that we can now know a new and life-giving relationship with the Father. Paul wrote to Titus in, in Titus 3, uh, 2 through 7. Once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. We were misled by others and became slaves to many wicked desires and evil pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. We hated others and they hated us. But then God, our Savior, showed us his kindness love. He saved us, not because of the good things we did, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. He declared us not guilty. 
because of his great kindness. And now we know that we will inherit eternal life. As I went through this, I, I, I came across, in, in thinking of this eternal life, I came across a story that, that Char, uh, Chuck Swindoll uh, has told. Um, and it really resonated with, as I was thinking about this spiritual um, gift. But he tells the story of this little eight-year-old Monica who broke her leg as she fell down into uh, this pit. And an older woman, uh, Mama Neri, happened along and she climbed down in the pit to help Monica out. And in the process, this dangerous black mamba snake bit Mama Neri and then Monica. Monica was taken to the medical center and admitted, and Mama Neri went home, but never awoke from her sleep. The next day, a, a perceptive missionary nurse explained Mama Neri's death to Monica, telling her that the snake had bitten both of them. But all of the snake's poison was expended on the first bite to Mama Neri, in which then none was given to Monica. The nurse then explained that Jesus had taken the, po the poison of Monica's sin so that she could have new life. And so at that point, it was a, a very easy understanding and choice for Monica to make to receive Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior there on the spot. Jesus makes the, the spiritual life possible. He gives us an appetite for the things of heaven. It's Christ and Christ alone who make it possible for a, a rebel to be brought to faith, right? A, a criminal to be turned in a new direction, a, a professed atheist to become a believer, a, an inherent of a false religion to be persuaded of the truthfulness of the gospel, a person who seems to have it all, realize they have nothing without Christ. A religious person to stop trusting their own goodness and start trusting Him. Jesus is the one who gives us new life. Everlasting Father. As Everlasting Father, He provides for us. One of the synonyms for a good father is provider. Every good father wants to provide for his family. He wants to provide a, a roof over your head, a, a food, clothing, opportunities, As God, as a good father, our Lord provides for us as well. Flip, uh, Philippians 4, 19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Last week, mighty God, the name mighty God, showed that our Lord was able to fulfill his promises and meet our needs. And knowing that Jesus is the everlasting father shows us that he's 
not only able to meet those needs, but he's willing to meet them. He provides what we need for eternal life. But he provides for us in many other ways, right? He provides the words in tough situations. He provides guidance for tough decisions. He can provide the comfort we need in times of heartbreak. He can provide the the clothing and food and support we need. He provides opportunities. Provides people who will stand alongside us and do life together to teach us, to mentor us. Answers prayers. Opens our minds to spiritual truth. He, He gives us strength when we feel we can't. Go on. Our Father, our everlasting Father, provides for our every need. He cares about us. A a, a Father shows His care surprisingly by the discipline He dispenses. An uncaring parent provides no boundary. That's a, a topic that is very near and dear to our hearts right now is raising uh, our, our little ones. And so we wrestle with this. You know, some parents may not know where their children are or, or, or care even what their children are, are, are doing. Often a parent is seen as mean or unfeeling because they refuse to give a child everything that they want or because they will not uh, go back on a consequence of a child's foolish behavior. Um, but in truth, it's... A loving parent who will take these kinds of stands. And it's much easier just to give in. It's it's harder to see the big picture. So a good parent will set limits and will help a child learn to budget their time and their resources and also help them to manage their desires uh, a good parent will seek to teach a child about decisions and consequences and doing that when they're small and the consequences are much less than when they're older. A good parent will teach a child about appropriate and inappropriate behaviors. It's the same with our Lord, right? The Bible reminds us that The Lord loves those that he loves. He disciplines. I want to read if I can get to it here. I want to read Hebrews. There we go. Uh, Hebrews 12, 
starting in verse 5, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and, and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we had, have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and, li- and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. This doesn't mean that it's easy as physical parents and we must understand that it's part of the process as physical parents and with our heavenly father discipline is too often seen as this synonymous with 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 punishment and when i talk about discipline i I mean discipline when executed in the right form, in the right fashion. I recognize that many of us in in this place this morning may have been dealt very harsh punishment. And not discipline, but punishment. And not done in the right manner or the right mindset. God doesn't deal out punishment. He disciplines. He, he, he guides. He directs. And it's never out of anger or uncontrolled. God cares enough about us to get involved in leading and directing our lives. He, he takes an interest in developing our character. We may see God's delays as this indifference, right? God, where are you? Uh, but God may be simply waiting for the right time. We may see the trials of life as, as proof that everything happens by chance, But in reality, those trials may be God's attempt to teach us to stand by our faith. We may see the struggles of our lives as this sign that God doesn't love us or could care less about us when it's most likely that that God is, is weaning our hearts from the things of this world so that we can enjoy his love more fully. A father also shows his care by by the prayers he prays. There's nothing that drives a person to pray more, (laughs) I believe, than having children. It's not that 
children drive their parents crazy, well, most of the time, it's that a parent realizes that they can't be with and protect their children at all times. I mean, I admit that our prayer life in the last even 10 plus years has been dominated by prayers for our children. Whether it be safety or guidance or their, where their hearts are. God, give us strength to do this another day. The Bible tells us that Jesus is constantly interceding for us. We read that in Hebrews 7.25. Which, like... Just that first thought may be like a little bit confusing. He's like, he's in heaven with the Father. Why would he have to pray, right? Like, it just kind of was, uh, just kind of struck me as different. Um, I think this is one of those times when the Bible draws us this picture that reveals God's character. And I think we're supposed to see that our Lord has the same kind of intense concern for our lives that a parent shows in their prayers for their children. And the, the Lord is committed to our growth and to our protection. He's committed to us. He's in heaven. He hasn't forgotten us. He, he, he's made a sacrifice for our sin, but he's not content to leave things at that. He, he, our Lord is deeply invested in our lives. I think that's what we're supposed to get from that phrase. When, when you read it, he is always living to make intercession for us. And that these things will be true, are true now, and will be true forever, right? A, a parent will always love their child. No matter what a child does, a parent loves them. I believe that even in cases when a parent and child seem to lose their relationship, I believe deep down that that parent wants more than anything else is a restoration, a, a restored relationship with their child. Um, or longs for that, recognizes that. Our relationship with our children changes over the years. We just had our, my daughter Lauren came up to visit, and she has her, just in the past week and a half, had her first child herself. And so that's our first grandchild. Um, and so now she's going to be able to, and she understands, but she's going to be able to start feeling the weight of praying for her child much the way that we've been praying for her. And our relationship has shifted as she's gotten married and now is having her own children. So our relationship has changed, but 
the love for her and and now her daughter never wavers. Jesus is called the everlasting father because his love, everlasting, will, will, will never end. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death uh, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the Bible tells us that, uh, that the Savior loved us before the creation of the earth, right? In fact, it was his love for us that brought him to earth. And led him to the cross. He loved us in spite of what we had done. His commitment to us is sure. A loving parent may not like everything their child does. In fact, it's certain that a loving parent will not like all the decisions and choices their child makes. But they continue and should continue to love their child. In the same way... There are things that we do that may not please the Father. And in these times, he doesn't condone our actions. He will take action against our sin or, or rebellion, but he does not stop loving those who belong to him. Now you, you may feel that you deserve for God to throw you out cast you away. You may be ashamed of what you've done or wonder if he could ever love you again. And I can tell you not what I think, but what scripture tells us is he can. He has never stopped loving you. Turn from your sin. And like the prodigal son, right? Return to the one who's been waiting with open arms. So as we kind of wrap our time in, in this name, there's th three different conclusions I kind of came to or felt important to, to point out. And, and one, it's important to remember that he is the everlasting father of those who are a part of his family in Christ. Okay? The, the notion of this universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man sounds nice, but it's not biblical. The, the Bible tells us quite clearly that those who will not trust God are enemies of God. And they're, they're, they're called children of the enemy, not children of the everlasting father we see in scripture. And so, consequent, so consequently, it, it's essential that we ask ourselves, what family do we belong to? 
right? If you've not placed all of your confidence for salvation in what Christ has done for you, if you've not entrusted the Lord with your life, then you're part of the enemy's family. But you don't have to stay there, right? The Lord is willing to adopt you into his family, just like he's done for so many of us here. It just takes this act of true belief to, to, to stop running away, turn to him, profess Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lay down, like Hogan had, had shared, to, to break down these chains, to pour it all out. And my, my plea with you this morning would be to do that. Secondly, we need to remember that the fact that he's an everlasting father means that we mustn't think of our Lord in past tense, right? We must not think of him as the one who once lived. He still lives, and we can, we can just celebrate that. He is the everlasting father, and there are many other religions that have built on a past relationship. We build our faith on a present relationship with Christ. He is not just our Savior in the past, but he's also the one who guides us and cares for us here in the present. And do you see how easily this happens at Christmas, right? We tell the stories of history and talk about century time of centuries long ago when Jesus lived on earth. The times were different, and it was easy to conclude that these are all uh, these things are great facts, but that is all they are, right? Just old, dusty stories and facts. But these accounts are past events. At Christmas, we, we do talk about history. But we're not just talking, just talking about history. We, our focus is on what those mean in our present spiritual reality. Because of what happened in Bethlehem on Calvary and the tomb of Joseph, we now have a relationship, a present relationship with God. Christmas is worth celebrating because... It changed the way we live today, right? And then when we find ourselves questioning the events in our lives, uh, we need to remember that he is the everlasting father. Uh, this was a tall uh, message, I think, for, for all of us. And again, uh, talking about what that may dig up or the impact that our biological or earthly fathers have, have had. And I find myself, I don't have a close relationship with my father. Uh, it's not that we have animosity towards one another. Um, we just don't talk. He's struggled with alcohol and 
narcotics through on and off throughout his his life and I don't have much memory at all I I can pick out specific events growing up um, and I've often wondered is that because I've blocked out the other things or is that all that's there I think it was much of the absent in my story. And so we have opportunity to, or I have opportunity to try here on earth to break historical patterns, if you will, because my father's father that I know of was much the same way. And so he may allow us to struggle because he knows it's what it can in turn bring. He may stand back, God may stand back on occasion to, to see how we'll handle certain situations, but I can tell you, he will never abandon us. He will never allow us to be destroyed, right? He is our shield. He is our rock, and he loves us only like a father can. Let's pray. God, my, uh, my prayer this morning um, is regardless of what our background is, no matter if many of us had a wonderful, loving, engaged father, but others... Their father were not a picture. Or maybe they wish their father wasn't in the picture. And there's hurt and there's pain and there's agony or there's sadness. There's all these different emotions that just the word dad or the word father brings to us. So God, I just, as we look at this, I recognize the importance of, of looking at and why scripture tells us that that he is mighty God, wonderful counselor, but everlasting father because scripture and Jesus as a person gives us, no matter what our background is, gives us the true look at what his, what he wants his relationship with us to be. And he is not absent. And he does not discipline out of rage or anger, but he disciplines out of love. And he guides and he directs and he will never leave. And there is a grace and a mercy and a love. And so that's what, as 
this or